Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, Tampa Bay sports fans. Welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. I'm your host, Jim Barron. We're talking about the Bucks trying to rebound after a dismal loss this week. Gators look to keep it going. And of course, the Masters in November. We'll be right back to get the show started. The phone number here is 877-448-7901. Email sports at power901.com. We'll be right back. If you're trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 877-247-1585-877-247-1585-877-247-1585. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. All right, welcome back, sports fans. Let's get to it. Let's talk about the Bucks. Uh, the last two games that they played was a narrowly escaping victory, 25-23 against the Giants on Monday Night Football. And then, of course, this past Sunday night against the Saints, we were on the wrong end of a 38-3 drubbing. Uh, I think we should stop playing night football. Uh, actually, the Bucks need to find out what's going on. There's obviously something up with them right now. And um, I don't care what anyone says. If you look at the faces of the players coming out of the tunnel before the game even started, it was definitely uh, not the same team that we saw in the first uh, half of this season so far. So something's up in that locker room. Not quite sure what it is, uh, but I will give a couple suggestions here. Nonetheless, it was Tom Brady's worst loss of his career. I think the previous one was a 31-0 shutout against the Bills, but uh, the game against the Saints on on Sunday was, was the worst one. I mean, it was really shocking to watch. If you looked at that game, we got beat in every um, way possible. If you look on the offense, um, the offense looked terrible against a you know not a bad defense. Don't get me wrong; the Saints have a good defense, but with the weapons that the um, Bucks have, it shouldn't have even been close as far as them putting up points on the board, let alone getting shut out until a you know, suck-up field goal you know, with uh, you know fourth quarter of the game. So as Brady struggles, if you make him move in the pocket, they're not going to be able to score points. If you find a team that is able to pressure him and, you know, get up in his face, make him scramble, get out of the pocket, then you're going to probably have your way, no matter who you have as an offensive weapon on our team. Because 
Um, you know, as we know, Brady's not a spring chicken, and he never was a good scrambler. And um, when you have Brady playing against a team like the Saints, who can get after you, it makes it very difficult. And it was shown definitely, you know, in the film, if you watch it, what had happened with Brady not looking confident at all in the pocket, uh, the look on his face, you could see it. And his offensive line did not do a good job of protecting him. Um, you can go down the line. I, I know that uh, Ali Marpet didn't play, and he's a big key on that offensive line. Haig looked terrible in there. So uh, really need to be able to patch up those holes as we move on to Carolina this week. But, um, you know, we entered the game looking to actually add a little bit of cushion to the uh, lead in the NFC South and, you know, maybe give us a – you know, leg up on winning that, uh, the NFC, but that went out the window with that performance. And actually, um, you know, we're not in first place anymore in the NFC South as we dropped to six and three. And now the Saints are in first place and they beat us twice this year. So if you want to break down that game, we had five rushes. And one of them was a kneel down at the end of the game, which is the, the lowest number of rushing attempts since they started keeping stats in 1933 or something like that. So explain that one to me. Explain how you have Leonard Fournette, how you have Ronald Jones in the backfield, and you rush the ball four times. And then the one kneel down towards the end. I don't, I don't know how you could possibly win a game like that. And then when you talk about the offense, if you're going to drop back and pass, you better have your receivers running patterns that you can get the ball to in case the offensive line breaks down. I didn't see any urgency out there. I saw Brady forcing passes, uh, trying to get the ball to his go-to guy, Gronkowski, who he's been able to uh, rely on over the years. Um, so whatever it was, you know, again, whether, like Brady said, whether you're playing at 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 8 o'clock, Monday night, Sunday night, whenever it might be, you need to be able to get your head in the game and be out there and play. I'm not saying the night games are different than the uh, the regular games, but I, I, I'm telling you there was something off with this team the last two weeks, and they better figure it out pretty quickly or, um, you know, the, the predictions of this season for a lot of people are going to start going the other way. Um, it's a shame because the talent they have out there, and I know it's just one game. It's really not one game because, like I said, the game against the Giants, they look pretty much as bad, and um, they're able to beat the Giants because the Giants aren't the Saints. But when you start playing some good teams um, like Carolina this week, they've definitely gotten better than they were the first time that we played them. It, it makes a difference um, to be out there. Now, the good news is that Brady usually has a good game after he plays bad. Um, so, and again, <laughs> if you look at Brady, he was all for five on passes of 20 or more yards and eight of 15 on passes of 10 or more yards against the Saints. So he didn't really look like he was able to get his feet set. Like I said, he was running for his life pretty much, not knowing he snaps the ball if there's going to be a all-out blitz or if he has a little bit extra time to find a receiver. So when you're thinking about that, sometimes you don't get your feet set. And you now as a result of that, through three interceptions, um, no touchdowns, 
That's the first time since I think 2006 that that's happened. The line could not protect him at all. He got pressured on almost half of the dropbacks that he had on, on, on Sunday night. So, and it wasn't all under blitzes, all out of blitzes by the uh, Saints. He, they had him under duress, you know, just regular, uh, you know, forefront rushing four, and they played a, um, uh, a defense that I think baffled Brady at times when he did have time. So uh, when the Saints blitzed Brady, he was two for nine for a whole total of eight yards with an interception. So a lot of that, you can draw plays and you can, you know, be the best coach in the world, but you have to go out there and you have to rely on your players. So until the Bucks are able to protect Brady against a good defense, they're not going to be able to reap the benefits and the results of that all-star lineup that they have out there. Now, with that saying, I think the play calling sucked. No, they ran a total of five times, like I said before, which included a kneel down, the fewest in any recorded game since 1933. So when you do that, you have to maintain balance. You have a 43-year-old quarterback in there. You have running backs that are more than capable of running the ball. You have some adjustments that you can be made at halftime. Going back, looking at some games of, of previous seasons, when Brady had a you know lousy first half, what did Belichick do? There were adjustments that were made, and it came out, it was a totally different second half of the game. And more times than not, you saw a different quarterback out there and a different game plan. The game plan was the same from the, the, the second they went out there in the first quarter to the end of the game. So, you know, I know the Saints disguise some of their coverages. Well, um, you know, I, 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 they're playing a good defense. Don't get me wrong. But there is no reason that the Bucks. With the weapons that they have, um, Godwin was out there, Scotty Miller. You saw something that just isn't right in that team. Now, I'm going to say this. Um, it's obviously it's one or two games, one game that we lost. Um, we have to right the ship, if you will. Um, but I'm telling you, I'm not saying it's Antonio Brown's fault. I was the first person to say on this show that I didn't think it was a good idea, an idea for Antonio Brown to come to the Bucks as an insurance policy or everything else. I, I hope I'm proven wrong in thinking that and saying that. But I'm telling you, since it was announced that he was coming down here and playing, I have seen a different uh, chemistry, a different look on the Bucks team whether they're you know, coming onto the field or on the sidelines, whatever it may be. Um, and if you're watching the game, you'll be able to see the same thing. So not that that can't turn around. I'm not sure, you know, team meeting. I'm sure there's been a lot of one-on-one uh, -on -one meetings this week. And I am confident that the Bucks will uh, turn it around. The one thing about Brady is that he does control a locker room, his work ethic, uh, the winning mentality that he has had over the 20 years. You can't overlook that. And I do look for him to be able to get anybody back on the same page, uh, no matter how it might be. But would love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, like I said, the game's done. We're done talking about the you know, horrendous loss. We're going to move on and talk about what they have to do to win the game coming up here tomorrow, as well as the breakdown for the rest of the uh, NFL 
So we'll be right back. You're listening to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a hundred years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-943-2195. 800-943-2195. That's 800-943-2195. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. All right, sports fans. Uh, the Bucks and the Carolina Panthers. The good news about the Bucks losing to the Saints last Sunday is that when they lost to the Saints the first time this year, they came back the next week and they won that game. The team that they beat in that game were none other than the Carolina Panthers. So I'm looking for Tom Brady to come back, bounce back, beat the Panthers in this week after losing last week to the Saints. I think that uh, at this point, Carolina's Christian McCaffrey, uh, he's out. He won't be playing this week which is a big plus, obviously, to the Bucks' defense. Um, I'm hoping that the Bucks had a good week of practice. They're able to shore up some of the holes that they had on the offensive line, make some adjustments, maybe move Jensen over to the guard, um, get Haig out of there, like I said. Uh, maybe, hopefully, Marpet's able to come off the protocol and play. I'm going to make another prediction. I am going to say that... Um, Antonio Brown scores his first touchdown of the season. And I'm thinking that the two-game display of uh, flatness is gone for the Bucks, and they start to get back on the right track. I'm thinking that the Bucks are going to win this game. They're going to probably put up about 27 to 30 points and, and win the game. So that's my prediction to get the Bucks back on track here. Uh, the Rams and the Seahawks. No, they're going to meet in an NFC West showdown. The Bills and the Cardinals are going to face off in a battle between uh, quarterbacks Josh Allen and Kyle Murray, two up-and-coming stars in the NFL. Uh, also, I guess on Monday night, we have the Vikings and Bears. So the Vikings, you know, they, they may be able to stay hot in that division and, and maybe uh, get a playoff run going. They've been looking pretty good lately. Uh, just to let you know, last week I was 10-4 and four in the predictions. Looked to do a little bit better than that this week. But um, talking about some of the games, of course, you know that the Colts um, under Phillip Rivers was able to win the game um, Thursday night against the Titans. So um, that started the weekend off. You have the Texans playing the Cleveland Browns in a one o'clock game. Now, the Browns just had a bye week to get healthy. Then um, Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson could put on a show knowing both pass defenses are weak. 
So no doubt about that. But the difference is going to be Houston's inability to stop the run. And Cleveland, I think, is going to get back on the winning track. Um, but you never know. The, 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 the Texans can steal this game if Mayfield doesn't protect the ball, which is always you know, a possibility with him and that team. But uh, for the most part, I'm going to say that Cleveland wins by about seven in, in this game. Another one o'clock game is Jacksonville at Green Bay. Um, you know, the Packers are obviously huge favorites, especially playing at home. I believe they're a, a two touchdown favorite, so there's no way you can pick Jacksonville to win this game. Um, however, Jacksonville is very able to slow the game down a little bit. They have James Robinson at running back. Uh, but whether or not you can even do that, it doesn't matter because they can't slow the down complete, slow the game down completely for four quarters, and they're not going to be able to shut the Packers' offense down for four quarters. So therefore, uh, the Packers are going to win. I don't think it'll be by the fourteen points, honestly, but I do think that um, they will come away and and win that game quite easily. Um, and the other one o'clock game they have is Washington at Detroit. Uh, that's um, Alex Smith threw for three interceptions in the loss to the Giants last week. But he also had 200-yard receivers in McLaren and, and, and Cam Sims. So on the other side of the ball, you have Matthew Stafford, who threw two picks last week also. Um, so you never know with these two gunslingers out there what's going to happen. I give Alex Smith all the credit in the world coming back from that horrific injury. Um, I do think that even though the Detroit Lions are a um, slight favorite in this game, it can go either way. Uh, you can call it an upset, I suppose, if uh, the Washington football team wins. But I am going to go with Detroit to hang on in this squeaker. Uh, another one o'clock game with the Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants. Uh, now, the Eagles had a bye week. Whether or not that helps, uh, I'm sure it helps with some of the injuries and being able to maybe you know rest up and players that are banged up. Um, Carson Wentz threw for about 360 yards in their first meeting against uh, the Giants. Uh, you know, so I, I think that overall... And there's talk about if, if Wentz comes out and doesn't have a good first half, do you put Jalen Hurts in there? And, you know, you can always have that talk. But the Eagles are a better team with Carson Wentz in there. And, again, when you give him the receivers, give him the tools to be able to play, um, he's going to be able to make some plays. He hasn't made all that many, to be quite honest, this year. I do think he has the potential, the upside, to be able to have those big games and if the Eagles are going to look to hold on to that weak NFC least division, they're going to need to beat the Giants. And the Giants have been playing, you know, they're getting better each week, no doubt. But I do look for the Eagles to um, win this game. I think it's going to be a close game. I think maybe the Eagles by three or, you know, six points. I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. So we'll see what happens there. Um you know, we talk about the Denver Broncos at the Las Vegas Raiders. That's a four o'clock game tomorrow. You know, Derek Carr has averaged 138 passing yards per game in the Raiders' last two victories. 
So that's 138 yards, and they're still able to win. But the key is they've been able to run the ball effectively. Are you listening, Arians? They're able to run the ball effectively. So Denver's Drew Locke has established connections with rookie receivers, uh, Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler. So, you know, I, I think that if the Broncos can run the ball, I think they can beat the Raiders, and that's going to be my upset special of the week. I'm going to take the Broncos to go ahead and um, upset the Vegas Raiders. The other game we talked about is the Chargers and the Miami Dolphins. Um, if you look, that's a 4 o'clock game. The Bills upset the Seahawks in Week 9, and they'll continue that momentum on the road against the Cardinals. So you have the matchup between Josh Allen and Kyle Murray that we talked about. So I think in a game like this, um, turnovers are going to be the key. And all it takes is really one. When you have two teams like this, that could be the difference. But Buffalo does have the better turnover margin. And I think that the way Buffalo is playing right now, things keep on falling into their... um, Good fortune. I think that they're going to end up winning this game. I think it'll be one of the better games of the weekend. I look for the Bills to win in a very close game. You have the Seattle Seahawks at the Rams. Another toss-up here. Um, you know, when you have the Seattle Seahawks now, their defense uh, is, you know, uh, terrible, to put it in a nice way. So every time you go out there, you're, you know, you're telling their quarterback to go out there and just win a shootout. So, you know, <laughs> if you look, if you look at what Seattle has done, um, their defense obviously is an issue. The Rams had a bye week. So the also, Rams have, already, have also won three of the last four meetings. And that shootout that has to be won every week you're counting on Russell Wilson to go out there and, you know, have the game of his life for you to have a chance to win the game. And I'll tell you, Russell Wilson is out there and he's having games of his life. He's, he's playing well. So I think that when it comes down to it, Seattle is going to find a way to win this game. And like I said, it's a toss-up game, so that one could go either way. But I'm going to give the nod to Seattle on this one. Do you have the San Francisco 49ers playing at the Saints? Saints are a 10-point favorite in this one. I know the Niners had some injuries and COVID-19 issues. Um, so I don't think it's going to be a shootout like last year. Drew Brees, uh, I think he's in for um, a little tougher game than he anticipated. Might have a slight letdown after uh, the anticipated matchup against the Bucks. Not quite sure about that, but I think the Saints are going to win this game but it'll be a little bit closer than what the line is saying. Yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, You know, I'll tell you, Pittsburgh, as you know, is the only undefeated team right now in the league. Um, Roethlisberger, he did return from that knee injury um, and was able to beat Dallas, but uh, some COVID issues. He is expected to play this week. If he's able to play, I look for them to win. It is a uh, division matchup against the Bengals. The Bengals have Joe Burrow, who's going to be a very, very good quarterback in the NFL for a long time to come. He is a rookie, though. Rookies um, playing against one of the top uh, four or three defenses in the league, which the Steelers are. 
tend to have a tough time in their rookie year, to say the least. So, and he's been sacked 14 times the last uh, three division games. So I think that the Steelers will prevail in this game. Um, and then you have the Ravens at the Patriots. That's going to be the Sunday night game. Uh, that's an interesting matchup. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson, he was uh, he led a 37-20 blowout against the Patriots on Sunday night last season, if you remember. Um, and the Ravens jumped out to a 17-0 lead in that game. I don't think that the Patriots have enough offense to keep up. Um, even if Belichick can find a way to throw a couple new wrinkles in there, I, I don't think that they have the um, ability to uh, beat the Ravens. I think the Ravens win this game by 7 to 10 points. And again, that's the Sunday night game. And then you have the Monday game with the Vikings at the Bears. Anytime you have that divisional matchup, um, it's always a, a granted out kind of game. I think that you now the Vikings are starting to climb back into the fringe of the NFC playoff race. They had back-to-back division wins. Um, the Bears, on the other hand, are trying to break a three-game losing streak. So Cousins is an 0-3 as a starter with Minnesota against Chicago. We'll see what happens. But anybody that has Dalvin Cook playing for them at this point, the kind of season he's having, I would just give him the ball and get out of the way and, and, and see what happens. So I look for the uh, Vikings to win that game, probably by a field goal. So there's a breakdown of the games for the week. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, of course, the number here is 877-448-7901. Email sportsatpower901.com. We'll be right back to keep the show going on Power 90.1. The Property Shop, your one-stop shop for all of your real estate needs. Looking for homes for sale or rent in the Tampa market? Text HOMES to 71441. That's HOMES to 71441. The Property Shop is a full-service realty and management company with a team of partners to give you that extra peace of mind. The Property Shop is truly your one-stop shop, providing stellar service in all areas of realty. And right now, new home buyers will receive a one-year home protection warranty for that extra peace of mind on your next big purchase. More info online at The Property shopusa.com or 813-655-5000. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. As we get ready for some college football today, of course, the COVID-19 pandemic uh, had a busy week and canceled some big games that were on the docket. A couple of them were number one, Alabama at LSU, not playing. Number three, Ohio State at Maryland and number five, Texas A&M at Tennessee. Those games were canceled among some other ones, but with you know, 10 conferences up and running, there's still some uh, football to be played. Uh, if you look, there's some big games in the ACC, the Big Ten and Pac-12, number nine, Miami, and number two, Notre Dame. Uh, they're on the road in the Big Ten. Number 10, Indiana, they're going to uh, Michigan State. Number three, Northwestern and Purdue are going to battle in a... Uh, a game with some major implications in that West division. Uh, out West, you have number 11, Oregon, and number 20, USC. So we'll see what happens in those games. Locally here, we're going to talk about Miami. They're, um, they're at Virginia Tech at noon today. Uh, I think that should be a good game. I don't understand um, 
that Virginia Tech are two-point favorites in this game. Uh, somebody must be seeing something that, that I don't see. I think with so many offensive weapons on the field, it should be a very entertaining game. Um, but I'm going to take Miami. I mean, Miami's number nine in the country. I look for them to, uh, you know, get back to their winning ways today and uh, beat Virginia Tech. Also, we have Notre Dame, who's ranked second in the country, playing at BC. So, you know, Notre, uh, Notre Dame last week, they had a season-defining victory by beating Clemson. And how do they get rewarded for that? Or well, they get to go up to uh, Boston College in their red bandana game. Uh, some more, if you want to add some more intrigue to that game, uh, Boston College's quarterback, Phil Jerkovic, he's a Notre Dame transfer. So there's a little bit of an extra level of drama uh, to see what's going to happen in that one. Do you think BC can pull the uh, outright upset? Some people do, but I think that even though they have the offensive weapons to do it, um, Notre Dame is a little bit stronger and they should be able to win that game. And of course, the other local team, the Gators, ranked number six in the country. That's a good game tonight at 7 o'clock on ESPN. Um, Arizona, um, Arkansas is going to be without their coach, Sam Pittman, who is self-isolating due to the positive you know, COVID-19 test. So uh, defensive coordinator Barry Odom, will um, is named head coach of Missouri, is going to lead the Razorbacks into the swamp. So I, I think that the Gators, even though it might be a trap game, I think that um, they're going to be able to go ahead and, and, and win this game. Uh, even though Felipe Franks is coming back to his old stomping grounds as quarterback, or should I say chomping grounds if you're a uh, Gator fan. So we'll see what happens. I do look for Florida to be able to prevail in this game. And then you have um, Oregon's at Washington State, which is a good game at 7 o'clock. Number 13, Wisconsin at Michigan. Um, those are the games that I think are worth watching. Um, if you're a golf fan, you have to be saying, well, if it's November, it must be the Masters, right? <laughs> well, they are. They're up there in Augusta this week. Um, you know, after a couple uh, delays, especially on Thursday because of the tropical storm that um, hit us down here and then went up that way, there were delays for several hours with some of the tea times. So um, going into today's play, you have uh, Answer, Smith, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, all at nine under, minus nine to start the tournament. Uh, that's a pretty good score. What happened, there is no wind up there right now. The weather was really good for the first two days. The greens were obviously very wet and, you know, the ball... It, it, so the, the, the course was very forgiving. And as a, because of that, the players were able to take advantage of it and um, go out there and put up some low scores. Now, we'll see what's going to happen today. I know that when the players woke up, because the second round wasn't finished, um, you're going to have players out there um, finishing up the second round. So as they're finishing up the second round, it's going to be you know, 56 degrees when they're out there playing, when they first get out there. And a lot of times you have, you know, 
you pick up where you left off the day before. There's 18 players within three shots of the league, you know, and thir- of the lead, and 13 of them are ranked among the top 30 in the world. So you, you're out there and you put your ball down from when you picked up the night before when the call because of darkness, whatever it might be. You know, you can warm up all you want, but when you're on that uh, par five trying to reach the green and two on that second shot, and that's your shot to lead off the day, it can be a little testy. So I think that we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, you have Patrick Cantley. He's right out there. Dustin Johnson. You have Tommy Fleetwood, Justin Rose, John Rom. Or who, by the way, if you get a chance, watch the John Rom hole-in-one at the par three game that the Masters has. I believe that was on uh, Wednesday. I'm not going to spoil it for you, so if you get a chance, just uh, Google that and watch that shot. You'll definitely enjoy it. So um, I think the next two days here at Augusta, we'll see what Tiger does. You know, he's playing well right now. I think he was uh, minus four when the play got suspended. Um, so always interesting. I know he said that it's very, very strange not having fans out there, especially with him. You would go out there and the fans would, you know, he makes a couple birdies in a row and the fans get behind him and it's a whole different uh, ball game for him and the people he's playing against. But I guess you have to get used to it after a while and, you know, we'll see what happens. I look for, um, I look for either Dustin Johnson or Justin Thomas to win this one with uh, Rom right up there as well. We'll see what happens. Um, unfortunately, that's all the time we have on today's show. It's been great talking with you. Um, would love to hear your thoughts on any of the topics that we talked about. One more time, the number is 877-448-7901. You could email sports at power901.com. Hopefully everyone um, did not have any damage with the storm that went through the area. As always, um, spend your weekend doing something that you enjoy. Stay safe, stay vigilant, and above all, stay positive. And be sure to listen to next week's show. I've been your host, Jim Barron. You've been in the gymnasium listening to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Have a great rest of the weekend.